2: Let's do it! It's the end of the week here on the Arrowhead Attic Podcast on the fan-sided podcasting network, arrowheadattic.com. I'm Rodland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And today's episode might run a bit longer, so let's settle in here, folks. Let's get some coffee, get something to snack on. Let's talk about the Chiefs offseason. We're going to preview the entire offseason for the Chiefs. We're also going to touch on the NFL offseason as a whole. It's going to be an interesting one. I think that this has the potential to be the most interesting offseason of all time in football. I mean, every year we get excited for the draft. No matter what the draft class looks like, we always find a way after the combine leading up to the draft to get super into it, read all the mock drafts, and make our own mock drafts, and and we always find a way to get into that. But free agency this year is no longer just aging veterans who can make no real impact and are going to be overpaid, and you've got to talk yourself into them. The free agent market this year... Is incredibly interesting. The Chiefs have incredibly interesting decisions to make here. It's going to be a fun offseason. It's going to keep us captivated all offseason long into training camp and into the preseason. And before you know it, it'll be banner night at Arrowhead Stadium. So let's talk about this Chiefs offseason. Let's start with that, and then we'll move into the entire NFL. The big question around the Chiefs is Chris Jones. And so, with each of these questions, each of these topics, let's just go through the possibilities, and then I'll predict what I think will happen. So, with Chris Jones, you can re-sign him to an extension. You can trade him. You can, you know, of course, tag him and trade him, or tag him and play him under that franchise tag. Of course, if you can't agree to an extension by the by the uh, franchise tag deadline, you can franchise tag him and extend him after that. So... With Chris Jones, he's made it known on Twitter that he wants to be in Kansas City. That's something that he's been very public about and how he wants to turn this into a dynasty here in Kansas City. And he loves Kansas City. I don't think that he's going anywhere. And it's not because he said that. By no means do I think that that means he's going to take a team-friendly deal. By no means do I think that by saying that he's going to you know, undercut his value. I think that he's still going to get as much money as possible. He's still going to get around market value. So what are the chiefs going to do? Are they going to just outright resign him and put this behind them and move on? And they'll figure out the, the books later. Are they going to trade him? And, and is he not going to be in Kansas city next year? Or are they going to franchise tag him and, and keep him under that one year principle? Let's roll it over to next year and we'll figure it out. So, What I think is going to happen, I think that the Chiefs are going to franchise tag Chris Jones. Now, does that mean that he will be at Banner Night at Arrowhead Stadium on the Thursday night opener? Does that mean that he'll be a part of the Chiefs next year? Not necessarily. I hope he's a part of the Chiefs next year. I've been very vocal on that front of, I know you paid Frank Clark, and I know Frank Clark turned his season around last year once he got healthy. Credit to him for being so good last year. Uh, post-injury. But just because you paid Frank Clark that much money, you should not let an elite defensive tackle walk. The defensive tackle position is not an easy one to fill with a talent like Chris Jones. Now, you can fill it serviceably. You can get someone who can play defensive tackle and not be a below-average guy, and maybe even an above-average guy, but it's hard for, to, to me to To find someone who can be elite there the way Chris Jones is. Playing inside on the defensive line. So I think that they're going to tag him. Which it's been pretty much reported that that's what's going to happen. If they can't get an extension done, they're going to tag him. Now will he be traded after that that tag? I worry about that still. Although Chris Jones has said he wants to be in Kansas City. Although the Chiefs have said that they want Chris Jones to be in Kansas City. I still worry... That they could tag them and trade them. If Chris Jones is not willing to work with the Chiefs on an extension, and they can't agree to terms on a on a deal uh, with the money value, of course, I don't. I wouldn't blame him. I think that every football player should go get their money. I don't care where it's at. I don't care about loyalty in football. Go get your money and as much guaranteed money as you possibly can. In baseball, when they're all fully guaranteed contracts and you know, the difference might be a couple million, eh, maybe maybe show some loyalty here and there. In football, though, when it's so easy to get rid of a player and, and, and not give him money while he's taxing his body for you, I think that the players should go wherever the money is. Wherever is the best financial fit, I think that's where you should go, especially on your first contract, especially on your first contract. So I think Chris Jones should make the right decision for him. And if he wants to play hardball with Kansas city, if he thinks that he thinks that that's the best deal uh, for him, I would be fully supportive of him, even though I'm a chiefs fan. And even though I want Chris Jones back in Kansas city, I fully respect that side of things. But my thing is if they tag him, okay, that's, that's one year that he's still under contract, but then next year they're in the same situation. The chiefs are in the same spot right now. They have $13.6 million in cap space. A year from now, if they don't pay him this year, which they're saying that they won't, if they don't don't pay Patrick Mahomes this year, they're going to be forced to pay him next offseason. So then next offseason, you've got to pay Chris Jones. You've got to pay Patrick Mahomes. I mean, while Simi Watkins' deal rolls off the books next year, that's still a huge dent in your cap. So if they cannot structure the contract this year with Chris Jones, get that all worked out, lay the foundation for the Patrick Mahomes contract, I think that there's a possibility he gets traded around the, around the draft. If you remember, Frank Clark was tagged by the Seahawks, traded just before the draft. We were leading up to the draft last year on this podcast, doing draft coverage and talking about the first round, and then all of a sudden... Our first-round pick was trade away. So, I mean, it can happen that quick. It can happen very fast. D. Ford, another guy last year, got tagged and then got traded. So, I mean, it can all happen in the blink of an eye. I think that at the end of the day, though, Chris Jones gets tagged and they work out a deal. That's my prediction. They won't work out a deal before the franchise tag deadline. They will not work out a deal by then. He'll get the tag, and then after that, they'll come to an agreement. Now, predictions for the money, I don't really have one. I mean, what what do you pay a guy like Chris Jones? He's as valuable as Aaron Donald because of the fact that there's not many players like him in Aaron Donald. There's not many players who can play that position at an elite level. So in terms of value, he remains that valuable. In terms of talent, while Chris Jones is not as far away as people think he is from Aaron Donald, he's still a notch below Aaron Donald. So is that contract going to rival Aaron Donald's? Is it going to surpass Aaron Donald's? I don't know. I don't know. So I can't get into the money aspect and predict how much money that he'll get. If you guys want to, again, you can throw that at me on Twitter. If there's any capologists out there who just love to make predictions on the on the terms of contracts, go ahead and follow me on Twitter and at me over there, at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. So to wrap it up, Chris Jones, my prediction is that he's going to get tagged, and then after he's tagged, they'll work out an extension. All right, the next big question this offseason has to be Sammy Watkins. I mean, the two most talked about aspects of this off season have been Chris Jones and Sammy Watkins. And so, again, let's just redo what we did for Chris Jones. Let's list all the options. So option number one, Sammy Watkins could retire, which he flirted with at Super Bowl Media Day's saying that he's willing to sit out the 2020 season to, to rejuvenate himself and to revitalize his career a little bit. A guy who's dealt with a ton of injuries in Sammy Watkins, I wouldn't blame him for that anyway. Football is a taxing sport, both mentally and physically. So if he wanted to retire for a year, I, would, I wouldn't begrudge him, especially for a guy who's had to deal with as many, has, has much adversity uh, in terms of injury as he has. So that's option number one. Option number two, they could cut him. And what would happen to his cap number if they cut him? So if the Chiefs cut Sammy Watkins, they have $14 million in savings, but $7 million in dead money. His cap pay right now is $20 million, and that would be an option that's been widely discussed. from, From the word go this season, even way back in week one, we've been thinking, can Sammy Watkins be cut at the end of this year? Will he be cut at the end of this year? So that's that $14 million saved and $7 million dead is a a good number to to look at because if you are someone who's been deep in the weeds of an offseason before and you're a diehard football fan and you know all the ins and outs, you will know that that's the pre-June 1st number. Now here's the catch. Since there's no CBA in place next year, that pre-June 1st number is the only number. You cannot... You cannot cut somebody with a post-June 1st designation and change that money around to be uh, more spread out and to, uh, of course, help your cap numbers out this year. There is no such thing as a post-June 1st this year because of the fact there's no CBA, which means there's no salary cap for next year, which means you cannot defer money to years past that. So that's the number the entire offseason. If they ever want to cut Sammy Watkins, it'll be 14 $14 $14 million saved, $7 million dead. So they can re- he can retire or they can cut him. The Chiefs could also trade Sammy Watkins. Do I think that he'll be traded? Honestly, probably not. I-, I don't think that there is a trade out there for Sammy Watkins, especially considering his contract, considering the fact that he's been talking about sitting out, considering the injury history. If you wanted Sammy Watkins, you can wait this year out and sign him next offseason. So if we agree that that cutting him and, and our tire still in play and trades out, another option is to restructure his deal. And Sammy Watkins, like he's talked about with the sitting out, he's also said that restructuring is not off the table. If, if he would take a pay cut to stay with the Chiefs, stay with playing with Patrick Mahomes, he's considered the possibility. That does not mean it's going to happen. That does not mean, at the end of the day, he will accept a restructure But he's open to the possibility, according to NFL.com. So, restructure is there. The last option, which I think is the most outlandish option, would be to just play him. Just, Just don't do anything. Sit back, recline in your chair, watch the Chiefs, and don't do anything with his contract. I think that that option is the only option... That's fully off the table. Now, I don't think a trade will happen, if you go back to what I said a minute ago. I don't think a trade will happen, but it's at least still on the table. So if we can all agree that that playing him under his current deal is off the table, let's, let's just cross that one out on the old, uh, uh, you know, notepad here. So then you get back to retire, cut, trade, or restructure. I don't think a trade's going to happen, so let's narrow that one off. I don't think he's going to get traded. So then you're down to retire, cut, or restructure. I think that there's a, a good chance he gets cut. I've always said that on this podcast, whenever we talk about Sammy Watkins, whenever we talk about the upcoming offseason, I've said he's a guy who's probably not going to be here next year. But the fact that he's open to restructuring his deal is actually a very good sign. I mean, it, it means that he could, in fact be on the Chiefs next year for a lower price tag, and even whenever you restructure, you can even add in a couple more years to where he's not a free agent at the end of next season. So that's the possibility. I don't think he'll retire. I just don't see him actually retiring. I think that that um, was a statement that he made. But again, I just can't see that happening. I I wouldn't begrudge him if it did. I just can't see him actually walking away from the game completely. So my prediction, okay, so if we mark out retirement, we mark out play just as it is, we mark out trade, you're between cut and restructure. My prediction is if I had to go to Vegas, write in a a slip of paper for a bet for this decision. I've always been on cut. I've always been on team cut. They're going to cut them. They're going to cut them. They're going to cut them. But the more I think about it, The more I think about how business is done after a championship, when you want to keep that team intact, you want to keep that good feeling, you want to keep as many guys as possible, that's just the way business works. Look look at what the Royals did business-wise after they won a World Series. Not trading Hosmer, not trading Moose, not trading those guys for assets. They kept them around for no reason to to miss the playoffs, but, but they missed the playoffs with guys who you were familiar with. Now, the Chiefs are not going to miss the playoffs. The Chiefs, if they got Sammy Watkins, are still going to be elite. They might be even a touch better if he can stay healthy. We've seen the playmaker he can be with Patrick Mahomes, even as recently as the Super as the Super Bowl. So, what do I think is going to happen here? Now, after being on Team Cut all year long, I think that he's going to surprise us, and he's actually going to take a restructure. Now, again, personally, if I was a football player, I would not give any money back. Because of how quickly teams can just cut me. They can cut me. They can find ways to void the contract. They can get out of paying me the money we agreed upon easily. It's not baseball. It's not basketball. They're not fully guaranteed. I would not do a restructure. So I wouldn't blame Sammy Watkins if he doesn't like to do this. But the fact that he's talked about possibly doing it, the fact that the Chiefs are going to want to keep him around, the fact that he was a part of that championship core, I'm going to say that he gets restructured and he's back with the Chiefs next season. So those were the two burning questions for the Chiefs. Those were the two hot topics that will get everyone fired up. Let's run through some of the smaller moves that maybe aren't getting enough attention right now from the normal football fans. Obviously, there's some of you out there who are worried about what Blake Bell is going to do this offseason. So, I mean, let's just slow down on that front and talk about Kendall Fuller. My biggest question for Kendall Fuller is what's his market like? He had a good postseason run, especially stepping up. Uh, and, and showing his versatility whenever Juan Thornhill went out. I really like what Kendall Fuller did in the postseason. I like Kendall Fuller as a player, another guy who has a lot of injury concerns, another guy who is in that middle ground of he's not really a number one cornerback. You can't he cannot follow an elite wide receiver all around the field, but he's a a, a very good slot corner. He's a very good slot corner. So what do you do with him? What's his market? What are teams willing to pay for Kendall Fuller's services? And again, the Chiefs have $13 million in cap space. That cannot be lost. They have $13 million in cap space with a Chris Jones decision looming, with a Patrick Mahomes decision looming. Now, Simi Watkins' restructuring could help that tremendously, and it would help that tremendously. But what's Kendall Fuller's market like? Does he value playing for the Chiefs in the sense of the Chiefs who are a ready-to-win team? Or would he prefer to go to a, a team with a ton of cap space that would be willing to overspend? You look at the teams right now who have a ton of cap. Number one, the Dolphins. The Dolphins have have immense amount of cap space. Okay? So would you want to go to the Dolphins? They have a ton of draft picks. They're laying the foundation with, with their assets to be a good team in the future. They're not there yet. The Colts are a team who are, who are on the border on the border who have a ton of cap space to use and to spin, and also have a nice, nice little team that can sneak into the playoffs in that division. The Bills have a lot of cap space. That's another team who's in the playoff hunt. The Buccaneers, would you really want to go there? And then the Cowboys have some cap space. They're the fourth uh, they're the fourth team in terms of most cap space, but they also have a ton of players to re-sign. You gotta re-sign Dak. You gotta to try to get Amari Cooper. And and you know what are you gonna do with uh, Pryor and Jones? I mean they, it, the list goes on and on. So it's interesting to think about what Kendall Force's market will be and what he'll decide to do. If I had to be, if I had to predict what will happen, I I really want to say he's back with the Chiefs. I really want to say that they work a deal out. But I mean, you just look at how all these teams have cap space, especially a lot more than the thirteen million dollars you can offer, and you just wonder how a guy like Kendall Fuller who while he cannot follow you know he cannot follow number 1 wide receivers but he can be an elite slot corner. He has been an elite slot corner and lock that position down. He can lock that down. That solves a big problem for a lot of teams. Is locking down that slot. How does he how does his market not get priced out for Kansas City? That's such my only concern. Would the Chiefs want him back? Yes, do I want him back? Yes. But there's just so many teams with cap. So many. I think at the end of the day, he's going to, again, if I was forced to make a prediction and I had to be right, I would say that he will be playing in a different uniform next year. Sad to say that the trade worked out with Alex Smith and, you know, swapping Alex Smith for him. I'm thrilled with his contributions. He played great in the Super Bowl. But I think that his market is just going just gonna to be outpriced in Kansas City. And so now, a couple of the minor moves, a couple of the low key moves this free agency. You have Rashad Breeland and you have Emmanuel Agba. Emmanuel Agba was an incredible player before he got hurt for the Chiefs, he was the sack leader for the Chiefs before he tore his pack. I mean, he was awesome and i think that his injury sadly for him i think that his injury helps the chiefs i think that he's back next year i think he takes another prove it deal with the chiefs he proves it again he stays healthy and then next offseason he'll probably be priced out of the chiefs you know market again because he'll he's going to be very good especially when you put him alongside frank clark when you add tana pasionio if you can keep chris jones around he benefited a ton from those guys. And he'll he'll love the SPAG system again. He'll light it up. I don't got to sell you on Emmanuel Agba because he played so well last year. And the only problem with his free agency market, the only issue for him, is that he got hurt. If he didn't get hurt, he would be right up there with Kendall Fuller as a guy who's probably out of the Chiefs market. Because I, I projected his... his, his trajectory to go way past what he already had performed at, because he was only going to get better. I think that if he would have had a full season healthy, there was no way he'd be back in Kansas City. He got hurt. I think he's back. I would I would lock that in right now that Emmanuel Aguilar is back. Now with Bashad Breland, up and down year for him. Up and down. He made a few huge plays that will never be forgotten. Plays in which you will remember when you're telling the story to your children of how the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, how the Chiefs got to that point. He's a guy who I hated the signing. I don't like Prashad Brelian as a player. Seems like an okay guy. Again, this is just strictly from from a player standpoint. I didn't like the signing. I didn't like the player he was in Washington. I didn't really like the player he wasn't in Green Bay. He came in. He made some outstanding plays. He also had some lapses like he always does. But this, this time, this goal around I'll give it to him, for the first time in his career this season, the big plays outweighed the lapses in judgment, outweighed the, the mistakes. So he had the best year of his career. But he's aging a little bit. He's getting up there in age. He is a veteran who probably values winning now more so than one huge payday, considering the fact that that I don't think there's a market out there to, to overpay Brashad Breeland. Nobody's going to give Brashad Breeland the bag. It's The Chiefs are going to be competitive with the Brashad Breeland market. They might even lead the Brashad Breeland market due to that nostalgia fact factor. Due to the fact that they saw him up close and they liked the guy and, and he played well, they might even lead the market for Brashad Breeland. So I think he's back. So I'm going to go Emmanuel Agba's back, Brashad Breeland's back. Kendall Fuller is out, sadly, he's out. I'm going to go Chris Jones is back, and Simi Watkins is back. Again, that, that you've got to work some magic with only $13 million, but there's a way to structure these deals to where that can all happen, especially considering if, if um, Simi Watkins does give you a great restructure where you're going to backload that money a little bit and kind of get some off the books for this year and next year. It's it's going to be interesting to watch this offseason. I, I cannot stress that enough. So who else is going to be gone this offseason? I think Demarcus Robinson is gone. I think that he has done enough in the Chiefs system to have somebody slightly overpay him, pay him more than what he's worth. Now, he's not going to become a top-paid wide receiver in this league. No way. But he is going to get way over his market value. Way over. And he's going to be in, his cost is going to be inflated. And I think that he is somewhere else. You already see teams interested in him. You see the Eagles are interested in him. You see... You know, all these teams that are in on him, and the Eagles is one I want to talk about. You know, we can talk about uh, the other teams that are in on him. I think that the Bucks were in on him or something like that. But the Eagles is an interesting one. It's interesting because, of course, you have the Peterson and, and Reed tie. But the Eagles are a team who last year struggled with receiving help. They They could not find a receiver to save their life. Their best receiver was a guy who played quarterback in high school was a guy who was on their practice squad for 90% of the season. When you have a team like that, that has a glaring hole on an otherwise very competitive and very good team, they are apt to, to overpay in free agency. They're apt to get desperate. They're apt to make a mistake. Now, is Demarcus Robinson the player a mistake? No, but I think that his contract could turn into one. I think that his contract could be one that the Eagles look back and say, wow, we gave a ton of money to Demarcus Robinson. Now, he deserves a spot in the NFL for sure, and I don't think that Mahomes has made his career. I think he still has talent, even if you take him away from Mahomes. But I'm just saying, I think that he's going to get paid a lot more than what he's worth, and that's why he's not going to be back in Kansas City. I think Reggie Raglan is a guy who you're going to have to let go you know, love him or hate him, he was, he was a serviceable player, but with only $13 million, you're, you're not going to you're not gonna be able to bring back a serviceable player whenever you've got all these mouths to feed. I think that there's a good chance that both backup quarterbacks are gone. Now, when you have Patrick Mahomes, it's easy not to worry about that, but we saw how quickly things can turn in that Denver game when a guy gets whenever Mahomes gets hurt, these players can get hurt on a dime. Now, I don't think that they're gone to other teams I think that they might just hang it up. If Chad Henney wants to continue to play, I think he's back. I don't think Matt Moore want to continue to play. But if Chad Henney, I think Matt Moore's officially going to retire. But if Chad Henney wants to come back, I think that he'll be back with the Chiefs. Otherwise, I think that he might retire. I think that there's a good chance that they both just say, hey, I'm done with football. Thanks for the ride. Thanks for the ring. But I'm out. And then last but not least of, of guys I want to talk about is Dustin Colquick. I think that Dustin Colquick gets cut. I think that he will not be on the roster next year. It's sad, especially coming off a of Super Bowl. Especially whenever you want to, again, have that nostalgia, have that celebration uh, for game number one, and you want all of your, uh, you know, you want all of your players who were there last year to be on the team again. You really just want to run it back after a a championship year. But this is still a business. Football goes on, and decisions still have to be made. And if you cut Dustin Colquick, who, by the way, didn't have a great year last year. Did not have a great year last year. If you cut him, you're going to save $2 million and you're going to lose 65000 Excuse me, 605000 Oh my gosh, excuse me, 650000 Thank you very much. So the, the benefit there is, is, of course, saving money on a team that is strapped for cap space. I think that he's gone. So what other questions loom this offseason for the Chiefs? The big one is Mahomes. Is, are the Chiefs playing, playing coy a little bit? Are they saying they won't extend him and they're actually going to this, uh, this summer? Or are they going to stick to their guns and wait until next year to pay him? Because let's be honest here. No matter when you pay him, he's going to get double whatever the top-paying quarterback is. Now, my theory has always been pay him as soon as possible. If you listen to this podcast this season, you'll know I've long said you've got to get in there and you've got to pay him before Dak gets paid, before these young quarterbacks get their money. Because it is going to be double, and it should be double. He's double the quarterback of anyone in this league right now. But the longer you wait, you're the more you're going to have to double it because play, these quarterbacks aren't going to stop getting more than each other. Now, I think that that will stop once Mahomes gets paid because, hey, you're not Mahomes, so let's calm down here, buddy. Just like in baseball, Mike Trout got that huge $400 million deal. I think Mookie Betts, whenever, he, whenever he's a free agent next year, he's going to get below that because, hey, you're not Mike Trout. You're good. Second best player in baseball. You're not Mike Trout. I think that Mahomes is going to set the market for quarterbacks and the longer you wait, the higher that market goes. So for opposing quarterbacks, you want him to wait to next year. For Chiefs fans and Chiefs and Chiefs people who care about the cap, probably want to pay him this year. You probably want to find a way to extend him because again, that number is not going to get any smaller. You've got to pay Dak. That's the big one. Dak is the big one coming up. What's he going to get? You would assume Dak would be the highest paid quarterback until Mahomes comes along. Now I wouldn't pay Dak that much money. And right now the Cowboys are considering franchise tagging him a lot of the Redskins and Kirk Cousins. That's what I would do with Dak. Franchise tag him. If he doesn't want to work it out, franchise tag him again. After that, sayonara, will have a we'll have a backup plan by then. Because I think that Dak Prescott is demanding more money than he's worth, but we'll talk about that later on in the NFL portion. So for Mahomes' deal, will it happen this offseason? Let's just answer that question. Let's predict that. And again, let me know on Twitter your opinions and what you think at Ryland_Styles. underscore It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Will Mahomes get a deal? You know, I really don't think that he will. Not because he doesn't deserve it, but because he's not making a fuss about it. At least publicly. You've got to keep Mahomes happy. So if he's understanding and he's happy with the direction the Chiefs front office wants to go in saying, hey, we're going to pay you. We're going to pay you a ton, but it's going to happen next offseason. If he's happy with that decision, then the Chiefs can wait and they should wait. If he wasn't happy, that's where you run into a problem. You know, you've got to keep him happy. You've got to ensure that he has good relation with the front office. So will a deal get done? You know, I don't think so. I don't think that they're going to pay him this offseason. I think that they'll pay him next year, and we'll have a ton to talk about next year as well. So another question is the extensions for, for Traverius Ward and Teno Passaniel, two guys who played great this year, two guys who made a jump this year and became starters in this league, bona fide starters in this league, impact players in this league. They're not due up until next year. But is this a classic football move where you extend a guy a year early? You get him a little bit cheaper. If you project that he's going to be even better next year, you get him a little bit cheaper than you would next offseason. And also, again, if you defer money and backload contracts, it can help with your cap in the immediate future. I think that at least one of these guys are going to get paid. At least one of Traveris Ward or Teno Passanio will have a new deal come training camp, and we'll be talking about it all off season long on the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Another question I have is, is Damian Williams enough? Now, we've all fallen in love with Damian Williams. His postseason each year has been incredible. Really, his last two Decembers on to February have been amazing. But is he enough? Because I I say this because if you've followed me on Twitter, if you've listened to this podcast, you'll know that I am a huge proponent of drafting a running back. DeAndre Swift would be my top guy. And I fall into this weird category where it's hard for me to understand because I am totally against drafting a, a running back in the first round. I killed the Cowboys for drafting Zeke, and I still stand by that decision to kill the Cowboys for drafting Zeke. In the first round, what, number four? I killed them for it. I still think it was a stupid decision. But I also want DeAndre Swift. So it, it's it's a hard balancing act to follow, Uh, For this offseason, I think that DeAndre Swift goes in the later first round, which then you get to talk about with the Chiefs. If he's there at 32, I mean, you're not really spending a first-round pick at that point. 32 pick is just as valuable as a second-round pick, not really a first-round pick. So there's a lot to discuss there. But is Damian Williams enough to be the lead back? Is he enough to make you say, hey, you know what? Instead of a top pick on a running back, we'll trade back into the sixth or seventh round. We'll pick somebody up, or we'll get somebody on the undrafted free agent market, or we'll just get some cheap veteran who wants to win a ring. And we'll go fully in on Damian Williams. That's a question that has to be answered. It has to be. And it really comes down to a simple solution, a simple, I should say, answer. To make up your mind for you, ask yourself, do you believe that Damian Williams can be December Damian Williams in September? Do you believe in September he can be the same running back? Do you believe he can be a lead running back in this league? If that answer is yes, okay, then he's enough. If the answer is no and you think that there's just some sort of weird magic with him where he's all of a sudden an elite running back in December, but he's not as good in September, and the Chiefs struggled around the ball in September but, but are incredible in December... If you think that there's some weird situation going on, then you need a better running back. It's an interesting discussion because there's a point for both sides. Why is he so bad? You know, why is he so ineffective? Why is he so unproductive in September and in August and in October? And then why then why is he so good in December? So you can you can do this half glass half full, glass half empty kind of thing if you're on the side of getting a new running back. You can say, look at the first half of the season. If you're on the side of keeping Damian Williams around, you can say, look at the second half of the season. Now, I think Damian Williams will be on the roster next year for sure. It's just a matter of fact, it's just a matter of, will he be the lead cowbell back taking all the carries? Or will he be a guy who's splitting carries? I think that one thing that works in his favor is his ability to pass protect. He's turned into a very good pass blocker in the backfield. An awesome trick to have. I think at the end of the day, I'm off the Chiefs should take a running back with their first couple picks. I would love DeAndre Swift in this Andy Reid system. I would love it. And I would, I would still be ecstatic with that decision. If he's there, if the Chiefs can get him, I would love it. However, I think that there's bigger needs in the draft than that. And we'll talk about the draft coming up. One last question before we move into the draft. Uh, this comes from our editor over at Arrowhead Attic, And I want to apologize for his takes that he had on Twitter about Queen. He called the band trash, and I, I just want to profusely apologize on the site's behalf, uh, on, on Arrowhead Act's behalf, and on side's behalf. That does not represent who we are. That does not represent what I am about. His opinions are his own. be it, Be it bad as they may, his opinions are his own. Queen is not overrated. Queen is not a bad band. Queen has a ton of good songs. None of them are overrated. We Are the Champions is a great song. Everyone knows the the words. Everyone universally accepts how good of a song that is. And I will not tolerate that slander. He's still a good guy. He's still a good editor, still a good guy, still a good human. His Queen takes need a little bit of work. A little bit of work. This question comes from him. Well, the Chiefs have enough playmakers this season? And in a vacuum, that sounds a little bit funny, but you go back and you're going to lose Demarcus Robinson. He was a a big playmaker for you. You could lose Sammy Watkins. What's Damian Williams going to be? Is he going to, again, we we just asked it. Is he going to be his December self in September? So if he's not performing in September, if there's no Sammy Watkins in September, if there's no Demarcus Robinson in September... Will this offense have enough playmakers? And it goes back to what I talked about on Monday, or Tuesday. If this team has Mahomes, he's your playmaker. That's why I believe so much in the Chiefs. I believe Patrick Mahomes is one of those quarterbacks who can make any weapons around him look to be elite. He can get guys open with his eyes. He can get guys open with his touch. I think that Patrick Mahomes is the guy who can make the playmakers happen. He can substitute anyone in. He can make Garrick Dieter look like an all-pro wide receiver. At least a pro bowler wide receiver. I think that with Mahomes, anything's possible. And you still have, of course, Travis Kelsey, of course, Tyreek Hill, and Michael Hardman. Uh, that's that's a situation which a lot of teams would love to trade places with their playmakers. If, if you're going to give them Hill, Hardman, and Kelsey, so I think that they will have enough playmakers next off. You know, next season, whenever the season finally kicks back off. So let's transition into the NFL draft, and we're going to have Arrowhead Tom in here next week, sometime during the combine, uh, if his schedule works out with it to talk all about the draft prospects. So I'll save the prospect talk as we're getting close to that 40-minute mark. I'll save the prospect talk for next week. But let's just go over the draft real quick. The picks that the Chiefs own are a 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 5th. They don't have a 6th or 7th. However, as you all know who've been watching the draft, it's easy to trade into the 6th and 7th if there's a guy there that the Chiefs really want, Chiefs really value, and that's maybe surprisingly slipped down the draft board. So... I don't really worry about not having a 6th f- a and 7th. I think that, again, it's, it's totally easy to make up that ground. So, in the draft, these are the positions that I'm looking for. We'll see if Arrowhead Tom agrees. He's our he's our draft expert at ArrowheadAct.com, and he does a great job breaking down all these prospects. So I want to get my take out there. And then next week, we'll, we'll have him fill in the gaps of, of what prospects he's looking for. That way, we don't have too much of a redundant show if I'm saying the same things that he's saying. So... My needs are number one offensive line. I think that the offensive line proved this year that they need help, and they need a ton of help. Anywhere from the interior to the outside, you can improve on that offensive line. I think Eric Fisher, you know, is a guy, of course, you spent a number one overall pick on him. He's a guy who can be improved. He's a guy who's upgradable. You also need insurance for Schwartz. I mean, how much longer can he be, Mitchell Schwartz, be a, elite tackle is he a cyborg can he just do it forever we, we don't know but in football it can get you fast i mean the father time can get you in a hurry and, and regress your skills fast so you need insurance on the outside and you need a lot of help on the inside of your offensive line so that's my number one concern it's not going to be a flashy pick it's not going to be a pick in what you run to youtube and just fall in love with the guy's highlights But it's a much-needed addition to this team as an offensive lineman. I would spin a top-two pick on offensive line. Another one is linebackers. I think that the linebacker group needs a ton of help. You're probably going to lose Reggie Ragland this year, as I said, but it wasn't that good to start with. It wasn't a good group to start with. They made it work. Spag's credit to him made that group a lot better than it should be on paper. But they need some help in the draft. They need to find a playmaker who can play that linebacker spot. Defensive line, I would consider drafting a defensive line because, of course, Brilliant Speaks does, doesn't work out. You know, he hasn't worked out. Chris Jones still up in the air a little bit, although we'll have some resolution on that situation by the time the draft rolls around because, unlike most sports, the draft is after free agency. So we'll have a bit of a, uh, you know, a bit of a, uh, decision on what happens with Chris Jones. Is he going to get extended? Is he going to get tagged? Is he going to get traded? So we'll see on that front. But defensive line is a position group I'm keeping an eye on at the Combine. I'm keeping an eye on in the film room right now. So I'm interested to see if they can get, uh, you know, a guy that can fit along that line. Because again, you still have the possibility of losing Emmanuel Agba. You know, the only real guys I'm, I'm fully locked in on being on this roster again is, you know, Frank Clark and... Tano Passanio. I think Mike Pinnell's back. You know, I think he's back on a team-friendly deal. But I'm not quite sure, obviously, as, as he's a free agent he can do whatever he wants to do. So defensive line's a position that you really want to take a look at. Although they were elite last year at that position group, it's still a position you want to keep your eye on. So, running back, of course, we just talked about it. Is Damian Williams enough? Running back's another group that is fairly deep this year, I think. I think it's a it's a good position group in this year's class. You can Swift being my favorite. But, we can talk all about that next week. And then cornerback. That cornerback need is not going away. It's been there since even before they traded Marcus Peters. I think that they're going to need a cornerback in this year's draft class, but due to the fact that the other needs are probably going to take priority if you can get back Kendall Fuller, which, again, is market probably going to price him out of the cheap. So if you can't get back Kendall Fuller, this cornerback group moves up the ladder a ton. But cornerbacks, you need to keep an eye on it for sure. So those are the ones you need to keep an eye on, a strict eye on. One more, though, for the road, which ties back into Matt's question, is wide receiver. If you get into the fifth round, if you see a guy slip to the sixth round you want to trade back in for him, who you have a higher grade on than most in the NFL, you need to go get him. Because, although the question, in my opinion, relates more to Patrick Mahomes, you still need to fill the gaps from Demarcus Robinson. You still need to fill the gaps from playmakers you're going to lose. So... Wide receivers is another position group to keep an eye on, and that's another one that I think is pretty deep this year. Of course, it's, it's top-end heavy with a ton of top guys, but there's a ton of guys who can also fit well in Andy Reid's system. So before we move on to the NFL side of things, let's talk about free agents. This is going to be short and sweet for the Chiefs. For the Chiefs, the one name I'm, I'm looking at, and Josh Briscoe of uh, 810 Sports and ESPN Kansas City, formerly of ArrowheadAct.com, Uh, was the first one I saw talk about this. I could be wrong. There could have been more talking about it before him, but he was the first one I saw say something, so I'm going to go and attribute this to him. But that was that Demetrius Demetrius Harris should be back with the Kansas City Chiefs. And I agree. I think that the biggest crime was the fact that we never got to saw him. We We never got to see him with Patrick Mahomes. We never got to see what he could be. In this offense that features Patrick Mahomes, I know that the drops concern a lot of people, and that he became a punchline, uh, you know, throughout his career with Kansas City for the drops and and you know his abilities. But I think that he really thrives as a backup tight end with Patrick Mahomes. And you're probably going to lose, you know, you might lose Blake Bell, you might lose uh, Yelder. I mean, those are two guys who are free agents now, easily obtainable free agents, easy, easily easy to retain. You know, Blake Bell and and, and Yelder are not going to break the bank by any means, but you know, they're still free agents, free agents at the end of the day, so Demetrius Harris is a guy who I would keep an eye on. And then other moves, again, you only have $13.6 million in cap space right now, so the other moves I would say is a veteran or flyer wide receiver, you know, a guy like Nelson Aguilar, if he wants a prove it contract for for the cheap deal after failing out in Philly, and becoming a a joke NFL wide, widespread around the NFL. If I you know you all know Nelson Aguilar right now, I just said the name, and it's not for a good reason. I mean, you all know him from dropping passes and not being a good wide receiver. Can he sign a prove it deal for for almost league minimum and come excel under Mahomes and then go get a big payday? We'll never know. I mean we'll see. We'll see here in a couple weeks. And then besides that, besides a veteran or flyer wide receiver, I'd say a ring chaser. And it's, it's crazy to be in that position in Kansas City. We were talking about someone who might join this team to chase a Super Bowl. But there's no signs of this thing slowing down, as we talked about on Tuesday. No signs at all. So I could see somebody, a veteran, on the tail end of his career, taking a extremely team-friendly deal to try to win a ring. At the end of the day, though, with only $13 million to play with and Things to worry about within your own organization in terms of extension and in terms of in terms of money, I don't think the Chiefs will be very active on the free agent market. So let's let's shift gears here and talk about the NFL offseason as a whole. The biggest topic, the, the most interesting topic, is the quarterback carousel. And to run through the list of quarterbacks who are available, you've got Tom Brady, you've got Teddy Bridgewater, who's officially available now that Drew Brees has announced. On Instagram, that he was going to return to the to the Saints, so that kind of takes care of the Teddy Bridgewater market. He's not going to return to New Orleans, and he's going to get a shot to be a starter somewhere else. You would you would assume uh, Ryan Tannehill is also a guy who's a free agent. Philip Rivers, it's been announced that the Chargers will not re-sign Philip Rivers, so he's out of the division most likely, and he'll go somewhere else. Uh, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, the top two picks in that draft, who everyone thought would be the the new faces of the league, didn't pan out either one of them. Winston just got eye surgery. You can see a team wanting to make him a starter. I think Mariota's best case is a backup role. We'll see where he goes. Prescott and Andy Dalton and Cam Newton. For Prescott, he's the free agent of that group. I think that he ultimately goes back to to the Dallas Cowboys, be it a franchise tag or be it a contract extension. And then for Dalton and Newton, I don't see a market for Andy Dalton. I don't see the trade market for him. I think that the, the the Bengals might be able to give him away for like a 7th round pick or something. Uh, I don't really know how that would all work out. I just don't see anyone interested in buying on Andy Dalton. For Cam Newton, coming off an injury, you can talk yourself into the fact he's still relatively young. He's on a very team-friendly deal for a quarterback. You could see someone making a leap at Cam Newton. But could you see Matt Rule blowing it up right away and trying this rebuild from top to bottom? And and he's in a position, Matt Rule, where he can do whatever he wants. He has the control. He has a seven-year deal. Okay, so he's got protection there. He, Cam Newton is not his guy, so he's got protection there. They can either try to patch things up in terms of their roster. I don't think there's any bad blood between Cam Newton and the and that organization, but they can try to patch things up in terms of their roster and try to make a a slight little run in a couple years or they can fully destroy their roster and restart from the ground up and build Matt Rule uh, his own team, his own franchise. So uh, the Panthers are interesting to watch this entire offseason. So let's end with the AFC West, which is obviously some of the most important topics for Chiefs fans. Let's start with Vegas. The Vegas Raiders are accepting trade calls on Derek Carr. They're talking about moving him. They're discussing moving him. I think that they want to make a splash. I think that they want to make a splash their first year in Vegas. I think that this reminds me a ton of whenever Peyton Manning joined the division. You had John Elway. You had the Broncos flying out to go recruit him and and, and pamper him and and just beg him to be a Bronco. You had them openly courting him openly begging him, even coming off the neck injury, even coming off what he was dealing with, they still wanted him so bad. And it worked out. A couple Super Bowls, one of the best seasons we've ever seen from a quarterback. I think that the Vegas Raiders are going to do the same thing. It sounds weird to call them the Vegas Raiders, by the way. But I think they're going to do the same thing. I think that if if Tom Brady was going to go back to the Patriots, we would, we would have known it by now. Something tells me, that this team is going to break up. The Patriots in the in the, in the Tom Brady-led era. It's, it's going to end. Because again, I think that this this whole drama, this whole saga gets put to an end if he's just going to return to New England. Now, all offseason, I thought, hey, you know, he's going to he's gonna go back. You know, all season, I thought, yeah, he's going to go back. He's probably going to go back. This is all kind of just a pipe dream for the NFL networks who, who want to have a talking point, who want to have a fun offseason. But the more you look at it, and again, Drew Brees announced yesterday he's going to go back to, to the Saints. You can put this all to bed if you're Tom Brady by just saying, hey, I'm going back to New England. Robert Kraft has already made it known, hey, we're going to pay whatever he wants. And when you do that as an owner, when you when you give up your position, to me, that tells me that you know the fate of the decision. You, you know what's going to happen, and you're trying to cover for when the fans come for you. So he's saying, hey, we'll give him any amount of money he wants. We want him to be a patriot for life. That way, that headline's out there for whenever he signs a huge deal with the Oakland Raiders. Whenever he sends a huge deal, excuse me, the Vegas Raiders, with the Vegas Raiders. So, I just, it's, it's lining up to me in a way I didn't think it would. You know, it, it it's it's becoming a more realistic possibility to me the way I didn't think it would. It's not a lock-in thing. It's not a for-sure thing to me. I I mean, by no means would I bet this to happen and seriously expect to win money. But the possibility is there stronger than I thought it would be at this point. So, I could see Vegas making a huge splash this offseason. Now, is Tom Brady enough to, to change their outlook on the season? No. I don't think Tom Brady's a good quarterback anymore. I'm not afraid to say that. I'm not scared of Tom Brady... Resurrecting himself and becoming a a good quarterback again, he's not a good quarterback anymore. He's just not. He's no longer a good quarterback in this league. Vegas can try to make a splash. Vegas can try to sell tickets. It, it would work. the The place would be packed already because it's a new it's a new organization in town. So the place is already going to be packed. The jersey sales would be off the chain for Vegas. I mean, you would have every NFL fan. Lining up for a Vegas Tom Brady jersey. I mean, good lord, think about that opportunity for the business standpoint. But in terms of just on the field, strictly on the field, this does nothing for me. You're gonna get an old Derek Carr. That's what Tom Brady is, in my opinion. He's a risk averse old Derek Carr. He doesn't change your outlook to me. For any team, he doesn't change your outlook. The only team I would even consider him an upgrade for that could, you know, that could change someone's season is the Bears, and he's not going to go to the Bears. And I say that because he can do what Mr. Bisky does, only he can do it better. Mr. Bisky is a guy who's trying to just manage the game, trying to make the smart decisions, but he always messes up. He always gets hurt, and he always makes the wrong read. At least Tom Brady. While he may not be a good athlete anymore, he may not be a good quarterback anymore, he'll at least make the smart decision. And so he can keep that Bears offense afloat while the defense does all the work. Kind of like what what Peyton Manning tried to do that last Super Bowl year in Denver. So I think Vegas makes, makes a huge splash. I don't know who it's on. It might not even be a quarterback, but I think they do make a big splash in free agency and overpay for a guy. And if it's Tom Brady, you should be celebrating in Kansas City. You should not be fearful. You should not think, oh my God, we've got to, we've got to pay we've got to play him two times this year. You should be celebrating in KC. So the last question in the division really is what does LAC do? What do, what do the Chargers do? They're they're not gonna accept, you know, they're not gonna re sign Phillip Rivers. They're not gonna bring him back. So where does that leave them? They are in one of the most interesting spots in all of football. A decent enough team. I mean, they're in that that dreaded middle ground. They're not terrible. They're not a terrible team. They're also not a good team, though. They're a team who's right on the cusp of the playoffs. Every year, they're just right there, but injuries and, and bad play make it to where they miss out. Do you try to change things up and go for it? Or do you say, hey, this core is not going to work? This, what we've built here is not good enough. We're going to start to sell and go the other way and and re-rebuild. I think that they go for it. I think that they try to make a splash here. Uh, And when I say splash, I really just mean change the roster up. I think that they bring in a guy like Teddy Bridgewater or a guy, you know, of that elk and try to make things work for a year and really try to make the playoffs. But, again, it, Teddy Bridgewater's a much better quarterback than Phillip Rivers. If he goes to the Chargers, he's a much better quarterback. But is that enough to get them over the hump? Is that all that they've been missing? Is a better quarterback? We'll see. Quarterbacks can do a ton for a team. So in the AFC West, those are the two teams I look for to make a big move that we're going to talk about a lot on this podcast. I think that the Broncos are pretty much going to stay pat. You know, they're going to they're gonna do their thing, they're gonna to try to draft well, uh, they're gonna to try to develop Drew Locke, and then they're gonna next year's when the, next off season's the year, that they might get into the game of free agency. They might get into, you know, the 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 splash market, we'll call it. They're not gonna be in the splash zone this year. I think that the only splashes will come from Vegas and LA. So, I hope you all enjoyed this longer episode of the Arrowhead Attic Podcast on the fan side podcasting network, arrowheadattic.com. I am Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Now, over on Twitter, please let me know what you think about all these offseason topics. What you are most looking forward to this offseason. Your answers to those Chiefs questions. And what you would do if you were Brett Beach. I I still can't believe that the Chiefs are Super Bowl champions. It, It probably... Won't even hit me until I see that the Chiefs are playing that, that beautiful, beautiful primetime Thursday night game to open the season in Arrowhead, and they're going to unveil the banner. Oh, it's going to be glorious. Thank you all for sticking with the Arrowhead Act Podcast on the fanside podcasting network, arrowheadact.com. Be good and be good to another and We'll see you next week for the NFL Draft Combine.